So I'm going to do something right now. I'm going to establish for you a judgment-free zone. I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to answer to yourself really honestly. It's fairly easy for me to set up a judgment-free zone since I can't hear you anyway. But here's the question. Do you ever feel bored in your relationship with Christ? Do you ever feel stagnant in your Christian walk? As if you've achieved everything that you can achieve, at least up to this point, and you just don't feel like there's any progressing left for you to do. Well, if that describes how you feel, I assure you, you're not the only one. You're not alone. Many people feel that way, and this episode is just for you. Hi, I'm Randall Sims, and this is my podcast. Jesus, the Christ, at the cross of Calvary, purchased eternal life for you and for me. Life more abundant. That life has already begun, so why wait until the afterlife to live that life to the fullest? Welcome to the most impatient Christian podcast in the entire world. This is Christ Life Now. was poured out at Mount Sinai. The law was an important event. The giving of the law that day was absolutely necessary. Galatians 3 and 19 tells us why the law was given. The great design of the law was that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to those that believe. That being convinced of their guilt and the insufficiency of the law to effect a righteousness for them, they might be persuaded to believe on Christ. And so obtain the benefit of the promise. That was a lot of words, but basically what that's saying is that the law was given so that we would know what it was to sin. Without the giving of the law, there was no hardcore evidence of what was wrong and what wasn't wrong. That was the purpose of the law being given. Without the law, there would have been no breaking of the law. You can't break a law that hasn't been given, right? And without the breaking of the law, there would have been no convincing of mankind's guilt from sin. There would have been no understanding of the law to effect a righteousness for us, and we would not have been able to acknowledge the need for a Christ. A Christ meaning a Messiah. A Messiah meaning a Savior. So without the giving of the law, there would be no necessity for a Savior. And without a Savior, you and I would not have the ability to inherit the gift of eternal life. So are you thankful for the giving of the law? Amen. Me too. The giving of the law was absolutely essential. It was absolutely important. It was a good thing. It was not a bad thing. The scripture tells us that God's law or God's Torah or Torah was perfect. But it's important to understand why it was given in the first place. What happened there at Mount Sinai was good. But y'all, it wasn't the final stop. That wasn't all the story. There was more. There on the mountain at Mount Sinai, something important happened. But I'm glad that we didn't stop there, aren't you? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 through 18, it says, Now the, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty, depending on which translation you're using. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, freedom. And all of us, 
as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God as in the mirror, the glory of God, we're constantly, and this is important, we're constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. In easy English, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. And because of our relationship with Him, He transforms us, He transfigures us from glory to glory. You know, glory to glory means from level of existence to level of existence. So think of it as mountaintops. He transforms us, He transports us from mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop. You know what's in between mountains though, don't you? Valleys. That's another sermon, but I just thought I would point that out. We go from mountain to mountain. We go from glory to glory, from level of existence to level of existence. Thank God that we don't have to get stuck in one place and stay there for all of eternity. From here to there, but that doesn't stop. We go on to the next place. So thank God for Sinai and what happened there, the outpouring of the law. But thank God that we didn't have to get stuck there, although a lot of people have. And I'm sorry, I'm so, so sorry, but, but a lot of people get stuck at Mount Sinai. Even Christians, even those who, who have seemingly moved on, they get stuck right there at Sinai and the giving of the law. And they, and they believe that they can attain better relationship with God. And they tried to do it. Instead of trying to do it from the inside out, they tried to do it from the outside in with really, really good intentions. But they think if I don't wear this and I don't cut this and I make sure that this is this length and that's not that color and, and, and this is that particular material and you know what I'm talking about. They think that that, that outwardness is going to somehow get onto the inside and law, whether biblical law or, or modern day misinterpretation of law, that it's going to cause them to be in better relationship. It's going to cause them to, to be in righteousness. Whereas, of course, we know that it's just the opposite. Relationship comes in here, and then it, it works its way out. And because of relationship, we begin to keep the ordinances and the, the beliefs of our Father because we know that it's His best plan for us. So there's no need to get stuck there. When you have a better understanding of the Scripture, you can move on. Do you know why we want to move on past, past Sinai, don't you? Of course, because the next mountain is, well, it's Calvary. And where would we be without Mount Calvary and what happened there? I mean, the giving of the law was spectacular. That was a history-changing situation. That was a glorious place. But you know what? Mount Calvary, I dare say it was an even more glorious place. We must move on. We know at Mount Calvary, Jesus poured out his blood for you and me. He died. He took the place that we deserve to be so that we get to take the place of where he deserved to be. He called his father God so that we could call God our father. He got the wages of sin, the punishment for sin, which was death, and we get what he deserved, which is eternal life. Thank God for Mount Calvary. Jesus was crucified for our transgressions, but, and bear with me, we must not get stuck at Mount Calvary. We must not get stuck at Mount Calvary. We must not get nailed to the old rugged cross atop Golgotha's hill. Instead, we must proceed on to the next mountain that God has for us. But just because we aren't stuck at Calvary doesn't mean that, that we leave Calvary behind. 
Not at all. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26, Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself, disregard, lose sight of it, forget himself and his own interest, and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus didn't say to stay right there and follow me. You can't follow if you're staying still. He said to take up your cross and go, follow me. It's the cause of what happened at Mount Calvary that we're born again. Without it, we just couldn't be. But yet again, many people, congregations, churches are stuck there. Now, here's what I mean by that. In this sense, I don't want to be near the cross. I don't want to be stuck near a piece of wood. I don't want to be stuck at Mount Calvary. And for anyone who thinks I'm being blasphemous, let me just tell you, I want to be like Jesus. And you know who ain't at Calvary? Jesus. You can go. He just ain't there. In fact, you can go to the, the place that he went immediately after Calvary, the tomb. Guess what? Also not there, is he? Yeah. He's not at Calvary and he's not at the tomb. We can't get stuck at Calvary. And Calvary is responsible for our salvation experience. It's responsible for our new birth. Here's what I'm saying. That is not the end. Being saved, being born again, becoming a new man. That's not where it stops, y'all. There's a whole lot more than just a born again experience. Now, I'm not, I'm not making light of a born again experience. I'm just telling y'all that we serve a good, good God who said, I'm going to give you everything and then I'm going to give you some more. That's plus one service. Amen. Everything plus some. It's because of what happened there that we are born again. So Jesus, don't so much keep me near the cross. Just let me be near you. Wherever you are, I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to follow you. Church, we've got other mountains to climb. After Calvary, let's see, there was a glory after that, wasn't there? You can probably know where I'm going with this. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Let's go to Mount Zion. How about that? There's still fire on Mount Zion. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded as the multitude tends to get when Christian folks are around. Because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not these which speak Galileans? And how is it that we now hear each of these men speaking in our own native tongue, even though, in my parentheses, they have not been taught these languages? Even though, even though they shouldn't be able to speak it, they are. You know what's going on here? They thought these people have been drinking the sweet wine. That's what has happened. And it's a shame because it's, it's, look at what time it is. I mean, I've heard of drinking, but this is ridiculous. And I still don't understand the language factor, but wow. Wow. What is with these people? Well, thank goodness for St. Peter. St. <laughs> <Saint> Peter. <laughs> thank goodness for, for the apostle Peter who jumped up and began to preach. And he said, y'all, you are mistaken. They're not drunk as you suppose. They're just filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what's going on here. Remember Joel, you know, you learned about in, in uh, Sabbath school or wherever you went to learn that in the end, the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh 
Black flesh, white flesh, red flesh, yellow flesh. That's what's happening here. This is what Joel was talking about. That was an awesome, awesome experience. Now, what if we had stopped at, at Mount Sinai? Even if we moved on, what if we had stopped at Mount Calvary? Clinging. It would be good to go to heaven, but y'all, it's better to go to heaven with, with everything that God wants you to have. Now that we've had the Mount Zion experience, what are we going to do with it? What would we be today, church, without the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? How many of you remember when you, when you first received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I hope you haven't forgotten. If you've forgotten, then go ahead and just get rebaptized. Go back in. Amen? Well, now that we've got it, let's use it. The Lord didn't pour out fire on that mountain in that upper room just so that we could speak in other languages. That's an important, important gift, but that wasn't the only, he didn't, he didn't pour it out just so that we could get a chill. He didn't pour it out just so that we could and have an enjoyable worship service. The Holy Spirit provides power to effect change in this old sinful world. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. It is power for service. It is power to change the way that this place operates. The scripture refers to us as being salt of the earth. And this, this world, this earth, the people thereof are damaged and hurt. It's like a big gaping wound on the surface of the planet. And you know what it's like when you get salt in a wound? It helps, doesn't it? It's a purifier. can even be used as an antibiotic. But it burns just a bit, doesn't it? And, and you probably, especially if you don't, aren't, aren't fully aware of what's going on, you're, tr you're trying to wash it out, aren't you? You're trying to, trying to get rid of it. Because it burns. It's a bit unpleasant. But what you don't realize is that you need it there. It's needed. The wound needs to be cleansed. Let me break it down to you like this. This world that we live in right now, as you know, if you, unless you've been living under a rock, which some days seems preferable, I realize. You know how this world feels about you, don't you? How this world feels about the church, the kingdom of God. We're not very popular. Not as popular as we used to be. In our culture, we are not allowed to discriminate, at least in this country, against any group of people, right? We're not allowed to discriminate against people in terms of gender, gender confusion. We're not allowed to discriminate in terms of ethnic backgrounds, race, disabilities, age. We're not allowed to discriminate against people because of the number of children they have. I'm not saying that these are all bad things. I'm just saying that's the way it is. The world does not discriminate. We live in a very enlightened kind of culture, don't we? And, you know, you are not even allowed to discriminate against people because of their religion or their religious beliefs, unless they're Christian. At which point, it's pretty much open season. You can be Buddhist or Muslim or atheist, and you have your rights. And you can be Christian, and you're hated. They're working every day to strip us of the rights that we have left. This world does not want what the church is here to provide. This world does not want the peace that is part of our Christian experience. This world does not want the righteousness, the right standing that, that 
Jesus died to give us. This world does not want the joy in the Holy Ghost that is rightfully ours. This world does not want any part of the church of the living God until they can't pay their electrical bill. Yes, this is Pastor Randall. How can I help you? I'm sorry to hear that. Well, how much do you need? Now, who is this? Were you there Sunday? Sunday before? Oh, you've never been. Oh, well, what did your pastor say? About, oh, you don't have a pastor. Oh, okay. Well, let me pray about that. I'm so sorry. Okay. Silver and gold have I none, but <laughs> such as I have give I, hello. <laughs> when they can't pay their, or until there's a national emergency. And then, hello, church. Where are you? You're supposed to be the church. You're supposed to be Christians. You're supposed to be the children of the most high God. Where's our free handout? We're going to need that now. Salvation army. We made fun of you until now, but hey, we're going to need some stuff. Yeah, come and rescue us. Until there's no money to buy Christmas presents for the kids. I won't call the name of it, but there's a, a really large church in Texas that a few years ago during the, what was it, hurricane, right? Yeah, during the hurricane, they got just ripped apart by the media because they didn't open the doors of the church as soon as the public thought that they should open the doors of the church because people wanted to come and use the church as a sanctuary. And they did open the doors of the church a couple of days later, but this is a very large church and they have legal advisors and they did not want for liability reasons to, to risk someone being there when that area could flood. My point is not to take up for that particular church. They had their reasons is my only point, but they did eventually open the doors, but nonetheless, they got just torn apart by the media. I mean, all of a sudden you're not the most beloved preacher. You're not the most wonderful church anymore. You're full of hate and, and horribleness because you didn't let all these people come and, and sleep and live for days inside your, your sanctuary and corridors. Here's the ironic part about that. Those people who were trying to get in, who were so angry that they couldn't get in, most of them had never even been there before. Here, here, here's the real ironic part about that. Those doors that were closed and they were so upset, those doors are, were, were open every Sunday and every Wednesday and, and, every, and, 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 well, at that church, probably every day of the week for year after year after year after year, and no one was interested. And so when God closed the door of the ark, wait a minute, that's a different story. But when there's a need, they demand our resources, don't they? Don't want what we have. Don't want us to have a voice. They don't want us in politics. They don't want us, certainly don't want us to win in politics and be in government. They don't want us in the public schools. They don't want us anywhere in this world except on the giving end of the charity line. That's where they want us. You know what that sounds like to me? Sounds like taxation without representation. Don't you agree? I think it's time that we move the tea, y'all. I've about had enough. Enough is enough. Let's go take care of some stuff. Anybody with me? 
Enough of that junk. It's time to have a tea party. Move the T, in case you haven't figured that out. It means to take a stand. It means to fight back. It means stop doing what you've always done and getting what you've always got. It means let's begin to have a shift in the paradigm, a shift in our way of thinking. Because the way that we've been thinking, guys, it doesn't seem to be working like it used to. I think it's time that we did something different. Battles are won on the battlefield, but wars are won in the war room. We need to work on our strategy and our planning. God gave us minds. He gave us creativity that that doesn't just rival that of the world, but I believe it exceeds that of the world because we can go beyond what the world can go in that we have the anointing. We have the Holy Spirit. So you take natural giftings and abilities, you add anointing of the Holy Spirit to it, we can blow away the world. Not that that's our goal. I'm just saying. We we could with, with, with what the church can produce, but it doesn't just happen. God wants us to win the the battle and God wants us to win the war. And you think, well, I'm just going to sit here and I believe because I have, I have faith that God will provide and God will take care of the situation. I don't have to stress over whatever battle I'm in because God is God and God is good and God has the cattle on a thousand hills. But y'all, God's not going to do anything by himself. I want to be his hands. I want to be his feet. I want to go where he leads me. Go where he leads me. If God were going to take care of it all on his own, well, I'm glad he doesn't because he wouldn't need us, would he? We're the church, the hands and feet of Jesus. Sure, God could do it, but God's not going to do it all on his own. He depends on us to follow the leading, the prompting, the prodding of the Holy Spirit. From Sinai to Calvary, from Calvary to Zion, and from Zion to, oh, yeah, we're not done yet, are we? We're going to be walking through a mountain. You know which mountain I'm talking about? Mount of Olives. Have y'all heard of that one? Yeah, because Jesus is com- coming back and uh, he's going to set foot down. It's going to split in two. And then we're going to go through it. Just read Revelation. It's not one of the most popular scriptures. But we're not done yet. There's a whole other additional level of glory that we can go to. Are we going to get to that Mount of Olives experience? Are we going to hold through to the end? Are we going to be true? Are we going to move enough? T- <laughs> Are we going to move enough tea? To make a difference? Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, shift our thinking, reorganize our thoughts, orchestrate not just something, but some things in our hearts and in our minds, Lord, in our creative processes. God, I know that you are not limited to what we can think of. You are not limited to what we can perceive even. But Father, you have all the power, all the glory is yours. Everything that we need to accomplish, this thing that you have called us to do, this great commission, that it's all at our fingertips All we have to do is take part in it. In Jesus' name, Lord, give us the drive. Give us the ambition. Give us the love, Lord, the untied and the united love to do what you have called us to do, Father. That's all we need is just to do what you've asked us to do, Lord. Just what you've asked us to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope that it's given you some motivation. Hey, go ahead and share it with a friend. For that matter, share it with an enemy. Just get the word out there. We want to reach as many people as possible. Also, thank you for your financial support. If you are not already a financial supporter, please prayerfully consider becoming one. 
Our Cash App, PayPal, and mailing address are located in the description below. Until next time, have an awesome day and live your Christ life now. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.